We've all been there, zoned out on the couch, flicking through our screens. It might be Instagram, it might be Amazon, it might be headlines or search results, but we sit there compulsively scrolling. A little niggling feeling tells us that we should stop. But then we spot another little nugget, a photo, a meme, an emoji, a zinger, a promising sentence. And we look and we continue and we're drawn in. Sound familiar? Misty Winkler, homemaker and homeschool mom, and author of the book, Simplified Organization, Learn to Love What Must Be Done. To be convivial is to do life together with joy. And that's what we want as moms and homemakers. So here at Simply Convivial, I have short but meaty episodes helping you banish overwhelm and perfectionism so you can grow in competency and cheerfulness in your good work at home. Sometimes our phones get in the way of that good work, and so we have to examine our lives, our habits, and see if we are using our phones as tools that help us in our good work, or if we are using our phones to escape from our work. Grab a basket of laundry to fold while we dig in. We usually grab our phone thinking to send a text, look something up, check our email. We have a purpose. We have a point, a reason. And yet the reason why we picked up our phone in the first place is usually not the reason we wind up scrolling through endless results. Scrolling is compulsive behavior. It can eat our time, our energy, our mind with a spoon. That's just what it does for fun. Sometimes our scrolling habit is Instagram or Facebook, but it might also be shopping. Sometimes it's just flipping through moment by moment, picture after picture across Instagram. Sometimes it's thumbing through pages upon pages of Google results or even Babylon Bee headlines. Whatever the scroll, it functions like addictive behavior. And that means it leaves us worse off than when we began. After a zoned out scroll, after a zoned out scrolling session, it's difficult to re-enter life, to engage face-to-face with someone, especially if those someones are small, noisy, and needy. We need a little space first, a little buffer to readjust to reality after coming, after coming up out of our scroll. When we should have been working, we lost ourselves into a whole different world. And then when we re-enter life, the work that we find all around us 
hits us with more overwhelming force than it really ought to. I got off Instagram about three years ago. You can find my original article or YouTube video on the 10 reasons why I left Instagram at that time. But here's the truth of the matter. Even after quitting Instagram, I still lose myself scrolling. So it is more occasional. I seem to lose myself to zoned out scrolling just often enough to keep me humble And remember that there is no virtue in having quit social media. It is definitely possible to lose oneself to mindless scrolling without it. Quitting Instagram, Facebook, or any other app is not a push button solution that's going to suddenly change who we are or even what we do. Google, Amazon, Babylon Bee, YouTube, and yes, Instagram and Facebook, probably others, can all be used non-addictively, intelligently, intentionally, productively as tools. More power to those who do so, even to ourselves when we do so. But we all have to be aware of the ground that we enter when we tap on an app or open a new tab. The platform itself is not neutral ground. The platform thrives, succeeds, is profitable when it exploits addictive tendencies because they make money based on the time that our eyeballs are on their screens. Our eyeballs are valuable to them. So are we ninjas going in, doing our business, getting out, not captured by the app or the website? It's possible, but it's difficult. And it's also easy to be self-deceived. What often happens is that we go in with good intentions, with a purpose, but we get stuck once we're there. We spend more time than we intended. We go beyond the scope of our initial intention. So we have to start by being honest with ourselves, which probably means looking at our laptop and our phone screen time reports and getting some real numbers. Now, we can't and we shouldn't be trying to be absolutely top-level productive every moment of every day. However, the reality is that while scrolling promises us a break from our work, when we think of it as a rest, What we find at the end is that we are actually drained, not replenished. Scrolling saps our vitality. It does not improve it. I think this is in large part due to a dynamic that Neil Postman in his Before the Internet book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, calls the information action ratio. Whenever and wherever we are online, we're served up 
interesting news items, fascinating opinions, fierce conflicts, funny satires, and one frenetically following after the other. And yet none of this information that we find as we are scrolling is actionable for us. So our emotions are stirred up and we have no outlet for those emotions. There's nothing for us to do with that information that we're taking in. In fact, our healthy emotional response is actually undermined and undercut by compulsively scrolling to the next thing, rejecting our natural emotional response to what we just heard. Now, if our baby was crying in the other room, the sound alerts our emotions and prompts us to act. We go to our phones to check out of our high-strung life and the in-your-face needs that are all around us. But instead of refreshment, we're given emotion generators like the baby in the other room crying. And in having those emotions stirred up, we are also being trained to disconnect our emotional response from our rational behavior. This short circuits the development of personal responsibility. At our best, we do take the action of praying for the situation we just learned about, but the norm is just moving on to the next thing quickly, discovering a new piece of information. We practice numbing our emotions. And so then we're drawn to more and more numbing. And that next item in the scroll is a thing that has been elegantly selected by fascinating math to correctly predict the next thing that will keep us scrolling and stop us from closing the laptop lid or putting our phone back in our pocket. Even when we hear that internal mom voice telling us that that would be the right thing to do. So what is a strung out mom with a phone to do? Go on a phone detox. Experience life without the instant distraction and quick dopamine fix available. Your emotional and attentional life will heal, but it will take time. Pay attention to the things that do require your direct action. Take in that information and then do something about it. Wash the dishes, fold the laundry, change the baby's diaper, have a conversation with a child, act on all the information that you do see right in front of you. Improving our personal information action ratio will go a long way to repairing our phone habits. What about the tired but responsible mom? We need to make ourselves smart rules determined with our own husband's help so that we can use our phone as a useful tool without being captured by it, without being held hostage by it. Notice when you have caved to the mindless scroll and practice putting the phone down 
or closing the laptop lid when you notice. You'll begin practicing being more and more responsible. What about the responsible mom who thinks that this whole article is a bunch of hyperbole? Rejoice that you are not prone to addiction and that you use your time online responsibly, not only as a tool for your personal life, but also a place where you can shine as a beacon. Being an unembarrassed, productive, normal Christian woman in public, whichever category you fall into. And most of us bounce back and forth from one to another at different times. Let's remember that online is not the place to check out and turn off our brains. If we're online, it has to be a place where we are fully engaged because disengaged media use, media consumption is a top tool of the devil to corrupt families. And that is no hyperbole. We should all remember that most big online platforms are enemy territory in one way or another. It's not wrong to be on Google or Facebook or X or whatever is out there now, but we should always enter with our guard up, not down. We should enter as ambassadors of our king, not as free agents and certainly not as peon slaves to every algorithm or influencer. Let's use our tools and our opportunities as wise, strong Christian women. And if we're not exhibiting wisdom in the way that we use our time online, then let's be willing to hit pause and whatever we get, get wisdom. If you need help figuring out whether or not you are being responsible or irresponsible with your phone use, then I've got just the thing. I have a free workshop as well as supports for helping you put parameters and boundaries around your phone use and also tips for how to tell if your phone use is causing you problems in your real life. Just go to simplyconvivial.com slash scroll. That's simplyconvivial.com slash scroll to find support and help for diagnosing where you're at with your phone. I want to help you in all things to repent, rejoice, repeat.